G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Something special to draw attention to that's happening on Monday night next week, the 27th of February, the prayer launch for this year's World Prayer Assembly. Now, there's an opportunity to join in at a time when there is potentially a move of God happening in various places right now as we speak around the world. Warwick Marsh is back with us. He's co-author of that great book, you might even have a copy, Great Southland Revival, and the founder of the Canberra Declaration. Warwick Marsh, a special welcome back to 2020. It's always good to talk to you, Neil. A great pleasure indeed. God bless you. Hey, Warwick, give us some insight here into the significance of an event like the World Prayer Assembly that's coming later this year. Well, look, uh, Neil, I honestly believe this is a very, very historic moment for Australia. Uh, what is the World Prayer Assembly? It started in Korea. The first one was um, uh, 1984, and of course it was based around Yongi Cho's church, but the Korean church in general was, had a great reputation, particularly then in those in the 80s and the 90s, has been probably one of the, the key uh, flashpoints for prayer in the world, bar none. And so they kicked it off. And then in 2012, the Indonesians uh, rallied to organize a massive, as in, you know, means people involved, World Prayer Assembly in Jakarta, Indonesia, 2012. Last year, I got an invite from Dr. Jason Hubbard, the chairman of the International Prayer Council, to be part of the World Prayer Assembly to share and contribute. And it was very much online because of COVID, but nonetheless, it was uh, transmitted around the world, I couldn't go um, because I'm one of these people that's not um, not excited by the vaccine. God bless the people that are. That's okay, but that's just me. And I couldn't go. So I thought, well, Kim is in a great position to go. He's got that sort of clearance. He's a beautiful man of God. He works with us closely in the Canberra Declaration. He went across to Indonesia. He was blessed out of his mind. The people across there really felt the, the leaders in the World Prayer Assembly last year in May in Indonesia gathered from all over the world really felt a real warming in their heart for Australia. They even announced that it would be in Australia before he left. Uh, he did ring us and ask us what we thought. He rang James Condon, he rang myself, he rang others. And the response of court from us was, yes, look, this is what the Lord wants. And, if, you know, if, if people here receive it, respond to it, yes, I think we should go ahead. Well, it's taken us uh, several months to get our act together and had to go through a lot of consultation with different prayer leaders starting last May, June. And right now it's going to be in Perth from the, from the 4th to the 6th of October 2023 based at Pastor Margaret Court's church. Why Pastor Margaret Court? Well, she, she's probably the only church that I know, Neil, that's built a prayer tower, three-story prayer tower for 24-7 prayer. She's got this part of her church. She's passionate for prayer. She's very excited. She's actually helping raise finances for it um, to make this thing happen. 
And so it's all happening. It's all happening, Neil. It's all happening. Praise God. Well, when prayer is a part of the core of your church to the point where you build a three-story tower (laughs) to make that the focus, you know that prayer is an essential part of church life. So uh, Pastor Margaret Court's church in WA, I think uh, she's one of the guests potentially for your launch on Monday evening. Uh, along with Commissioner James Condon. Uh, you've got a fellow there named Dean Briggs. What's his story? Well, look, yes. So uh, just to cut to the quick, uh, so this Monday night, this is not the only prayer launch, but I guess arguably it could well be classed as the very first prayer launch for the World Prayer Assembly here, taking place in Perth, 4th to the 6th of October 2023. The whole world is invited to come to Perth. Um, this Monday night at 8pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time, that's Sydney time, Victorian time, Tasmanian time, please forgive us in Queensland and other parts of the world, as in uh, South Australia, Northern Territory, WA, uh, those listeners. But you're welcome to join in uh, at 8pm and they can go to the Canberra Declaration website and there'll be a link uh, on the uh, Vision. You'll put this story up in the Vision Radio and there'll be a link to that where you join us on Monday night. Dean Briggs will be our special guest. Dean Briggs is from the USA. He's coming out. He's touring Australia. He's flying in Sydney on Friday as in uh, in, um, uh, we're doing this interview getting ready for Monday night. Um, But he'll be here for about a week and a half and um, he will be touring Australia, all all the capital cities except for Tasmania Northern Territory. He's going to all the other capitals sharing the good news about the World Prayer Assembly. And he will be, uh, he's written a number of books about prayer. He's collaborated and worked closely with Lou Ingalls, who's arguably one of the sort of the, the top five or six people for prayer in the world. Um, he's working on behalf of the International Prayer Council and helping be the sort of the point man for the World Prayer Assembly here in Australia and around the world. So it's very, very exciting. And we're very excited to host him. We'll have James Condon with us. We're pretty sure Pastor Margaret Court can come. She's got to confirm 100%, but I'm expecting that she'll be available. And also a beautiful Indigenous man, James Dargan, will be joining us. We'll try and get a hold of uh, Dean Briggs and uh, certainly those other identities, some of those we're already familiar with. Hey, I can't let you go without just asking your thoughts uh, about what's happening. There appears to be a move of God that's happening in some places around the world. Some listeners will have heard of all sorts of activity, revival that broke out in the Asbury University in the United States, in the state of Kentucky, just a few weeks ago. And then for two solid weeks, students were worshipping around the clock, 24 hours a day. Those sorts of things that are happening around the world, how significant do you think they are? Well, look, Neil, I feel they're very significant uh, as someone who has been praying for revival both in Australia and for the whole world for, you know, for, for, for many decades now and someone who's read everything I get on revival for the last 50 years, read 40, 50 books on revival. I do believe this is the real McCoy. Why do I say that? Well, it's actually not about glorifying anybody. Uh, their focus, uh, the students of Ashbury um, have been focused on Jesus Christ. They've, um, it's been focused on prayer, uh, worship, uh, scripture reading, um, confession of sin, and uh, short testimonies. 
So no church can take uh, any credit, no organisation. I do think that the uh, Asbury University has been very supportive of the students, but the students have actually led this. It's not been led by the faculty, it's been led by the students. So it's essentially uh, Gen Z, as I understand it, that's the right gen I've got right there. But anyway, from 18 to 25-year-olds who are essentially leading this deal, and yes, they've had to scale it back, and yes, they're trying to sort of go off campus with it because it's disrupted the whole jolly college, and they've got tens of thousands of people trying to visit this little, you know, it's a relatively little university in university terms. And, and really the town, the official population, if you look up Wikipedia, is 3,636. They say now 6,000. Uh, I think the numbers have swelled. But essentially it's a very small town in the, in the backwoods, if you like, of Kentucky. Um, not too far from Lexington, Kentucky, but certainly in the relative back blocks. And they are amazed themselves. And I've watched many, many, many videos, Neil, many, many videos, and I can see, I watch these videos, especially the students just talking about Jesus and talking about their experience. I Tears come to my eyes, Neil. Tears come to my eyes. And I know it's the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't happen very often, in a sense. It doesn't happen with every, you know, all the videos I usually watch. Christian videos, but these videos, for some reason, there's a beautiful simplicity, there's a beautiful humility, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a quality of Christ-likeness and just a very sweet spirit. And they don't call it revival. We're calling it revival. They just say this is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They just say this is a, um, a time when God is coming close to us. Um, they're very, not trying to hype it up. Other people are, uh, if you like, um, you know, adding that revival term. I would actually add the revival term because oftentimes revivals are best seen by those on the outside as opposed to those on the inside. They creep up on you, really, Neil. And in this case, the um, these students have just been seeking God, worshipping God, and God has come and filled the place. And the people that go there, that's the other thing, the people that go there are just deeply moved. I've just watched uh, you know, grown men just weeping, talking about being in the presence of God. And, you know... It's, you can fake a lot of things, Neil, but it's very hard to fake tears, isn't it? It is hard to fake those tears. And, you know, when you've got a country town, and a lot of people listening to our conversation right now, Warwick, coming from country towns, some of them thinking, well, uh, you know, my country town is 6,000 strong, or I think you said the official population, 3,700. And you can just imagine that if 50,000 people turned up in your country town, I think we might all call that revival. So I'm with you on that. And look, I've made some inquiries and uh, people that I've communicated with in the US are saying it has spread to some other states. And I'm just monitoring that and try and get some detail for listeners. There's also word that it has moved to the Philippines and uh, places in Uganda. Now, this on the back of a conversation I had just a couple of weeks ago about a move of God in Southeast Asia and uh, churches in Vietnam that are having unprecedented levels of people who are uh, turning up on Zoom worship meetings, talking in the numbers like 30,000, uh, because there's heavy persecution in Vietnam. You can't all just turn up for church. So there's those sorts of things that are being reported and uh, not giving a whole lot of weight to them yet, but things seem to be happening. Is this something that you're feeling too, Warwick? Look, it's I, I try to be sober about these things. I think, again, I feel the same as yourself, Neil, in the sense you sort of, like, 
it's important not to count your chickens before they hatch, you exactly. know. And uh, I tend to be optimistic in the sense the glass is always half full, but I am an evangelist and so I can be evangelistic. So I'm very much aware of my own, shall we say, shortfall failings. Um, look, you know, time is the time is the healer and time is the teller, you know. Um, uh, we're going to know better in the weeks and months to come exactly what this is and what it's not. My feeling right now is that this is a revival because of the sheer simplicity. And it reminds me, Neil, I've read extensively. In some ways, it's my favourite revival, but it's got, it has got shortcomings too, the Welsh revival. It reminds me of the Welsh revival because Evan Roberts arguably was the leader, but if you said to him if he was the leader, he would say no. He's a very humble sort of man. Um, essentially, it was worship-driven, it was prayer-driven, and it wasn't uh, preacher-focused. Now, look, I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the preaching of the Word of God. And, you know, arguably the, the revivals under um, Jonathan Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards and John, uh, John Wesley and Charles Wesley were heavily, uh, you know, the, the, there was strong, clear, uh, articulation of the gospel. And look, I'm 100% for that, and I agree with it 1 million percent. But you know something? The Welsh revival was very much a a prayer-based revival and a worship-based revival. A, a reporter said to Evan Roberts one day, uh, Evan, can I come up to, um, to take part in the Welsh revival? And Evan Roberts said to him, uh, this reporter from London, can you sing? That was his. That was his uh, question to him. You see, so it was. It was regarded as a singing revival, and you'll find history shows us that most revivals were strong had strong um, worship components. So it, like Charles Wesley literally wrote, you know, like something like five or ten thousand hymns, and so it was a bit like what Hillsong's doing or what Bethel's doing with massive output of worship uh, CDs and DVDs all around the world. So Charles Wesley was doing the equivalent. So it was. For that matter, it was um, Zinzendorf. Zinzendorf wrote about, I think, was it three or 4,000 hymns? So he was a great worshipper, a great lover of Jesus. He expressed that in, in song. These young people are doing the same, very much like the Welsh Revival, very much like the prayer revival in 1859 in the USA, which was just a lunchtime prayer, a prayer meetings between 12 and 1, and five days a week where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people gathered to pray. So, look, I'm very excited by it. I do believe we have to, um, you know, watch and look and pray, ask discerning questions. I've heard, like you, that's in 50 different universities across America right now. It's moved to other countries, and I'm very happy to see that happen. Well, I haven't heard of anything happening in Australia yet, but that doesn't mean there's not something about to break. And Warwick Marsh, let me just point listeners to be a part of that World Prayer Assembly launch that's coming up on Monday night. And for listeners who want to join in that and perhaps even catch some more detail about what's now beginning to spread uh, by way of rumour and the evidence and the facts of things that are growing around the world, uh, let me point listeners to where they can get a link for that Zoom launch on Monday night, canberradeclaration.org.au, Declaration. .org.au. There's going to be a Zoom link on that site under their prayer tab and uh, you can be a part of that launch and so go to the Canberra Declaration website. Warwick Marsh, co-author of the Great Southland Revival and we'll talk about that again another day too but uh, leader of the Canberra Declaration. Warwick, thanks so much for giving us this insight today on 2020. 
A great pleasure to talk to you. And that if you go to the prayer tab and hit constant prayer, you'll find the Zoom link this coming Monday night. We'd love to see you there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Neil. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 